Dog Pound, welcome to our newest in-season podcast from the podium, where we feature all of our daily press conferences rolled into one podcast to help you get ready for the 2023 regular season. I'm Jason Gibbs. On today's From the Podium podcast, you'll hear from head coach Kevin Stefanski, general manager Andrew Barry, quarterback Deshaun Watson, and running back Nick Chubb. We kick off day two from the Greenbrier in West Virginia with head coach Kevin Stefanski. Okay, fire away, guys. Kevin, when we talked to Deshaun, and I think it was a minicamp, he said something like the offensive structure and foundation are the same, but everything else is new. How would you describe kind of the changes from last year? It's it's so hard to describe. It's you know it's hard to because every scheme we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Every scheme you better be evolving every single year. Uh, so structure wise, how we call things uh, remains the same in some areas, and then some you you want to change some. Uh, verbiage you want to shorten some verbiage so so we're trying to always challenge the guys and give them uh some newness every year sometimes every week uh so that they're prepared for how game plans adjust week to week uh but to say in total what it how different it will look i think all those remain to be seen and really that's what we're working through uh throughout training camp with anthony and and sioni obviously they, they weren't put on pup or anything like that do you guys have a sort of a plan of how you want to kind of kind of ramp them up? Or? Yeah, and they're both different, and that's kind of you know, uh, with they're both coming off different injuries. Mm-hmm. So, per doctors and per trainers, uh, recommendations will bring them both along in a little bit different way. But for now, they'll be off the side, uh, getting some work, and then in these walkthroughs and and those type of things are great for them to get some live quote unquote reps, uh, but. We'll see how it goes, uh, and that's the nice part of having a little bit longer training camp, uh, give them some uh, time to get ready. When you, when you talk about the offense involving, how much input does Deshaun have, and like, how does that process look like? Does he give you suggestions? Oh, yeah, quite a bit. And I, I think, again, that's not anything new to what we do. I'm sure every team does it. But when, when the quarterback likes to play, I like to play. And we've talked about this before. There, there's so much football. There's so much scheme. There's so You can get on the board and draw a thousand plays and they're all good. Uh, but when the quarterback's comfortable with the play, he typically makes it work. Um, and, and so that's for us as, as we design everything, it's always making sure that uh, it, it fits Deshaun's eye. It's, it's maybe it's a concept that he's done uh, over the years. Maybe it's a concept that we both saw and he really likes, we're, we're going to try it out. So uh, that's really what the spring is for. That's what, as we get going here into our installs, seeing what, what fits him, seeing what fits our entire offense, what fits Nick, what fits the line, what fits our pass catchers. Uh, that's kind of the work that we're doing right now. But uh, I don't know that you're worth your salt if you're not taking the quarterback's input in what, what you're putting together. Ultimately, ultimately, do you put a limit on the volume of your playbook? And is it bigger now? I don't know that it's bigger. That's you know, volume is something we talk about all the time, Tony, because you don't want to do too much either. You don't because then it becomes diluted. So uh, we think long and hard about giving our guys an, a system that that makes sense. That's difficult for the defense to defend, but you start to be you try to be too much, and then you're not really good at anything. So I think you got to uh, think long and hard, and all conversations that we've had throughout this spring. Uh, what you want to hang your hat on? What do you want to be good at? What do you want to uh, have that complements what you do, uh, but volume's a, a big conversation that we have all the time because the other part of that is uh, you, you want to put in a, a system on, on offense, defense, and special teams that your guys can play fast. And all of a sudden, when you have too much volume, that tends to slow people down. Speaking of Nick, uh, the evolution of this offense, in what ways can that, can that help him? Yeah, I, I think you know Nick's a huge part of our offense, obviously, uh, handing it to him, throwing it to him. Uh, he, he's been uh, adept at both. Um, where we go uh, as you evolve and, and maybe different run types come in for him, but uh, I think we have very good uh, empirical data on what he's good at, um, and it's tried and true. So that part of what we are will always be with Nick in mind. But Nick himself, uh, I don't know if there's limits to him as a player. I, I think he's, uh, he's uh, a schematic fit really in anything you do. So the more you spread the field, Potentially, yeah. Again, he's been he's been successful in some in, in a bunch of different areas. I think Nick's a good runner when you spread it out. Nick's a good runner when you 
try to block everybody. Uh, so I think he fits in all of it. Kevin about he said that they're with Nick as well. Him running out of the uh, shotgun versus uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's good at it all. <laughs> I think that's what the data, the data shows. Yeah, that data shows he's good from the gun, good from the pistol, good from the dot, as we say when the quarterback's under center. So uh, it's that's we we talk a lot about versatility in offense. It's nice to have a runner that really you can run anything with Nick. There's some runners that really prefer downhill gap scheme runs and, and maybe aren't get great from the gun. Uh, there's some runners that are better from the gun and better on perimeter uh, type schemes. Nick's good at it all. Well, I think, yeah, it's interesting. You know, when you talk about running from the shotgun now, as a, you do have the opportunity to have RPOs when you're in the shotgun more so than from under center. So you'd have to really look at the run um, plays from the gun and also know that some of those pass plays were caught, were originally run. So I think they all work together. So the difference is having a quarterback uh, for just in general, you're saying, or for us? With the running game out of the shotgun. Yeah. I, so you wouldn't do it with a drop-back quarterback. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you look at what uh, Philly did with Nick Foles, uh, you know, and, and Chip Kelly's system. So uh, I, I think, again, they all work. It all draws up on the board. It's really you and we have to make a decision on, on what fits our guys the best. So, Kevin, when you, you said, talked about Kevin, double back and yeah. stuff with Nick, when you're laying out, okay, you're, we're going to do this and this and this, how I'm assuming it's pretty receptive of it, but I was just wondering. I think maybe not every back is exactly that way. <laughs> That's true. Nick's uh, Nick's a different breed, and uh, he's all about the team. Um, he's he, you mentioned receptive. He, he's receptive to to really everything we ask him to do, and that's not just from a uh, game perspective, but from out here on the field and in, in the meeting rooms and in the weight room. He's an unbelievable leader because uh, he leads from out in front. I, I know he doesn't outwardly. A lot of people say, wow, Nick's so quiet. You know, I think he is at times, but when he's around his teammates, he's not quiet. I mean, he's, he's, he can be vocal, uh, but I think he leads from, from doing the right thing all the time. That's one of the things we joke about as, as coaches. You know, you never have to worry about Nick, really. You tell him to do anything, he's going to do it exactly how it was coached to be done. When you see those videos of him squatting and that bar is bending like it is, what do you think? Um, I'm thinking... That dude's strong. I'm um, thinking. I hope he's safe. Uh, I hope the spotters are safe. Um, but you know, Nick works his butt off. Uh, he's down there at his high school. He's got an amazing relationship at his high school and in his hometown. And uh, I think about how lucky those young kids are to be around a, a you know a guy like Nick and see it done at, at such a high level. Kevin, you've never had a question about Deshaun's commitment and his dedication to his craft. You said he loves to talk ball. Yeah. Have you seen that at another level in year two? Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say another level, but, you know, I, I think about, I was walking through the locker room up in Berea a couple of days ago and it was, uh, quarterbacks had not even reported yet. And he's sitting in his locker looking at plays. Like, what are you doing here, man? You know? So he, he's a junkie. He, he's a gym rat. Uh, you, you got to shoo him out of the facility. Uh, he's just, he's always, and he's always been that way. Um, and, and that's what I think his teammates see from him. I think that's what the team, his teammates love about him is is they know how committed he is to the team. Will he be sliding protections and things like that? I mean, when he gets more autonomy uh, you know, at the line, do you think he'll be slide protection? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What kinds of things will he be taking the line this position? Yeah, I mean, that's part of, you know, that, that, that job as a quarterback, you've got the best view of anybody when it comes to the protection world. We're very, very fortunate to have Ethan and Nick Harris who are very intelligent. We had Obviously, J.C. Pryor. So we've had really smart centers that that can work together in conjunction with the quarterback. Uh, but yeah, the quarterback has all that um, ability to to move protections. We spend a lot of time on that. I think Alex Van Pelt's outstanding at teaching protections. And that's something that we're spending a lot of time on now. How have you seen Deshaun's ownership of that leadership role, not just offensively, but just collectively, the team evolve this year? maybe uh, compared to what it was last yeah, year? Yeah, hard to, you know, hard to compare to last year. Uh, I would just tell you leadership is, is something that Deshaun has been, it's come very natural to him his entire life. I mean, you go back to high school days, winning championships, college, uh, the pros playing at a high level, but uh, it's always been easy for him to be out in front, to address the team, to address his teammates. 
uh, to develop relationships, real authentic relationships, relationships for his teammates. That's very uh, natural for him. Um, so I think, we, you know, with our players and, and when it comes to leadership, I just want to get the best version of them. And the version of Deshaun is, is one that's very out in front. In what ways is your, your partnership with them from the first time you met them? Yeah, well, I think with any player, uh, you're, you're constantly learning about each other on a personal level and then on a football level, for sure. You're fi- trying to find out uh, what fits, what you like, those type of things. But the more time you're around anybody, uh, you get to know them better. So certainly we spend a ton of time together just in that quarterback room with AVP and, and the quarterbacks. I mean, that, that's – that's really where you're bunkered, you're holed up with that crew for a lot of time. So uh, we have a lot of conversations about a lot of different things. From a demeanor standpoint, Deshaun this year compared to last year, everything that he had on his mind, do you notice more of a lightness of being? Is he uh, you know, less encumbered? I, I would, that's a good question, Mary Kay. I would ask Deshaun that. I'd let him speak uh, to that. Uh, again, I would tell you, I, I see a very committed football player. In 2017, when you were with the Vikings, did you do any interviewing with quarterbacks in the draft? Did you meet Deshaun back then? Um, I did not meet Deshaun back then. You'd have to tell me who else was in the, that class. Uh, yeah, Mahomes, Trubisky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, I, I, yeah, I talked to a, a few of those guys at the combine. I did not talk to Deshaun though, if, I, if my memory serves. For sure. Yeah. Kevin, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion league wide about the value of a running back in today's game. Is a play caller, is, is, it, is a running back still as valuable as a one I mean, for us, it is. I mean, we got the best in the business, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, and I know that conversation, and I know it's complicated, uh, but for us, we're, we're thrilled with the guys we have. How do you think it's gotten to this point? Why do you feel like it's gotten where you see guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs? And, and I'm not asking to speak specifically, yeah. though, but, but get to that point where... I went to Penn, but I wasn't in Morton, the business school, so I'm not smart enough to give you a economic uh, dissertation. Along those lines, though, you know, when Nick Chubb's not in the game, you've got guys who want to step up. So when he's not, when Nick Chubb's not playing, what makes the running back position valuable to the Browns when it's not Nick Chubb? Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of success uh, just in our time here with, uh, you know, Kareem and Dearness Johnson, and we've had, uh, we feel confident in our run schemes. We feel really confident in our offensive line, our tight ends. Uh, so we're high in our, on that running back room, um, but it's like anything else, it's not just one person. Uh, and even Nick would tell you that. It, he needs uh, he needs 10 other guys doing their job to be effective in the running game. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. After day two of training camp 2023, it was the players taking to the podium. Here's Brown's QB1, Deshaun Watson. How are you doing? Remember this place? I do. <laughs> Very well. Much more comfortable does this feel, you know, now you get into the training camp compared to, to a year ago? Um, so, I, you know, personally, I'm in a different space. Uh, feel really well, feel really good, comfortable being around the guys, the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization, and just the city of Cleveland. So, uh, you know, having an opportunity to Going to the season, full off season, locked in, focus. Uh, definitely feels good, and I want to continue to, you know, keep channeling and cherishing all that energy and positive energy that has been, you know, spread around this organization, the city, for when myself. You, when you say you're a different space, do you find it easier to focus on football this year because it's so different for you than what was going on at this time last year? Of course, yeah. I mean, I can just lock in on my craft. I can lock in on my job, my profession. Uh, you know, when I leave the football field, I can focus on studying the game and uh, not having any distractions. So that's what I'm just doing is just taking it one day at a time, uh, one opportunity at a time, and just really just cherishing that, this moment uh, as best as I can. Deshaun, when people you know, talk about you in the locker room, you know, they view you as a really strong, natural leader. Do you feel this year, like you took the guys to Miami, you went to Puerto Rico, do you feel like this year you've really had the ability to take the reins of, of this locker room? Um, yeah, I think, and then it goes back again. You know, last year was, was just a different um, different space for myself, but different for the whole team and the organization. You know, there were some things that we had to deal with and take care of, and we had to do that. So it was hard for the team to really attach to me and, and fully because they had to get ready for another, you know, another quarterback in Jacoby. But 
like I said, the past is the past, but we can focus on this year. And everyone was able to really, you know, figure out who I was and, you know, get to know me a little bit better. And, uh, you know, my personality has been able to show around the locker room as best as I can. Sean, how is uh, Kevin helping you? And then how would you characterize how your partnership and relationship has evolved in the last 18 uh, me and Kevin has just been, our relationship is going to continue to grow. And um, as the days go by, we continue to talk and communicate. Uh, he know he can come to me with whatever situation, if it's about football, if it's about life, if it's about the locker room, anything. He can come to me and, and I'll make sure I take care of it. And uh, vice versa, I can do the same with him. So, uh, you know, we've been able to talk over the past soft season. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll talk about football, sometimes we'll talk about family, vacation, all types of things. So. Being able to have that relationship and that open role for both of us to communicate is definitely uh, a bonus for us. When you said that um, in minicamp that everything's new as it relates to the offense, can you elaborate on that a little bit and sort of give us an idea of how everything's new? I'm trying to get me to explore the things. I just say that, you know, being able to move everyone around, uh, being able to have, you know, guys play all types of different positions and uh, being able to, you know, go out there and, and, and play fast, but have, like I said, the biggest thing is just moving guys around and being able to do all types of things that, you know, this, you know, you guys in the media, or this fan base haven't seen in the, in the past. So uh, being able to open the whole playbook and open the whole offense is definitely going to be special. How much is that is, is Elijah being with this team now and what he can, the way you can utilize him all over the formation? Uh, it's, it's great because Elijah can do all types of things. He's very versatile. He can play outside, inside. Uh, whatever you need him to do, he can do. But also just the young guys and the depth that we have in that receiver room. Yeah, a lot of guys might not have big names yet, but they can go out there and they can make plays. And being able to, you know, hang around Amari, hang around DPJ, hang around Elijah, the young guys are being able to, you know, channel that opportunity, that grind, that work, and be able to go out here and participate and be locked in and focus. And, um, you know, that's what we've been able to see. And we want to have depth and, um, you know, everyone be able to have the opportunity to make plays. Yeah, you said, I know that time away for you was difficult last year. Did the suspension change you as a player or a person? Um, of course. I mean, the whole the whole situation changed me. Um, you know, in a situation where it just kind of I had to lock in on myself. You know, channel and 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 really know who I'm. You know, surrounding myself with, and just really who who's going to be there and support me. You know, even when I'm at my lowest point. And, um, you know, the last few years was definitely my lowest point in my life. But, you know, that that's that's part of life. And, uh, you know, I just grow from it. I learn from it. I continue to move forward and push forward and continue to show my real character, my real personality and who I am. You said you've embraced when the pressure is on you. So how comfortable are you with the thought, and I think it's pretty prevalent out there, that this team will go as far as you take it? Uh, yeah, I think pressure is a, is a, it's a, it's a broad word. Um, I think a lot of people see it differently. Uh, with me, it's, it's a situation where, you know, it's, it's where you, moments and situations, opportunities, you fear, uh, and you don't feel comfortable because you haven't prepared yourself for those moments. So my job as a quarterback, as a leader, is trying to think of all situations and opportunities that we can go through. And it might be certain situations that we probably haven't thought of or practiced, but, you know, in my mind, I like to kind of, daydream and, and put myself in those positions. And if I know I can, then I can be a little bit calm and, uh, and, and, and trying to bring down the pressure. But to your question, it's more of just kind of like, yeah, it's going to go as far as the quarterback takes us because we touch the ball every play, we're the leader, and we, we direct where the ball goes and if it gets in the end zone. And I think, you know, with this opportunity for myself, I want to be able to embrace that pressure and embrace that opportunity and uh, let's see what happens. Sean, when you talk about uh, this whole situation changed you, Um, I'm blessed. I'm I'm happy. I'm uh, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for this opportunity. Uh, you know, I talked to the team last night. We we had an opportunity. Kevin called up a couple guys, and you know, we gave our history, our story. Um, he called it the four H's, which is the his, history about yourself, your heroes, your heartbreaks, and your hopes. And I had the opportunity to speak to the team and and told my story. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just happy about just life in general and you know I have a great support cast around me I have a great family I have a great home uh, and the organization that's that's backing me up so 
with that foundation, you know, I feel like I can, you know, get back to where I was and, and be even better as a person and as a player. How many players in the 4-H I think it's like three players and one coach. So I think every night we're probably going to have the opportunity to get to know everyone. Sean, one of the big topics recently has been the value of running backs. And you have a pretty good one in Could you imagine this offense without Nick Chubb? No, I cannot. Uh, I mean, Chubb. Really, all those guys, but starting with Chubb, I mean, he's a big part of his offense, and we know that. And so we're going to continue to feature him and uh, do what he's great at. And uh, Chubb, he, he's going to embrace his role and uh, be able to do everything, catch passes, run the ball, and do things that he probably haven't done before. But, you know, when you get in that meeting room and you ask him if he's comfortable with it, he's, he's open for whatever's going to help the team, you know, get to that ultimate goal. That's what he's going to do. So, uh, you know, being able to feature him, he's a very important part for this, not just the offense, but this team. I've always known Chubb is going to be Chubb. You know, I've been watching him since high school. You know, we both from Georgia, so high, watching high school football, see the town and games. But I don't think we're in the same division, but uh, our bracket, however you call it, classification. But um, I already knew about Chubb, so um, it's not new for me. It wasn't surprising for me. It's just not having an opportunity to play with him is definitely fun. Offense. I'm just kind of curious, how has AVP and Kevin challenged you when it comes to, you know, elevating your game? I think the biggest challenge is being able to go out there and um, kind of direct the offense. You know, of course, they give me plays in, in certain situations, but allowing me to be able to put us in the right play. And uh, whenever that situation where we know we're not in the right play and the defense get us, not making that mistake, you know, dirt in the ball, maybe sometimes throwing it away. All right. Sometimes you might have to take a set just because it's just part of the game and you got to get the defense credit. So being able to take that next step with that and putting us in situations where we can kind of help the defense, help the special teams, but put us in situation, field position to be able to score points is definitely another area that we want to continue to grow. Looks like a, a lot more shotgun this year, sort of a different offense, I would say. In the six games you played last year, did it feel like you were in the center more than uh, no, not really. In, in Houston, I was on the center a lot. We did a lot of uh, wide zone and play action keepers. No, nah, not really. You know, I think it was a balance of what I've done before. Kevin, so when you were... Uh, it was great. I mean, the feedback has been great. A lot of, you know, guys been coming up to me and, and telling me thank you and you know, appreciate the story and just really just how real it was and uh, how impactful it was for, for them to hear it. You know, a lot of people knew of me. A lot of people heard different things. A lot of people, especially last year, has heard different things. You know, a lot of people watched me, you know, through college because we have a young team. Um, so they, you know, kind of too, but they didn't know my history, history from where I grew up. Uh, you know, Gainesville, Georgia, 815 Harrison Square, the Sessionary Apartments, you know, that type of situation of, you know, when I was a young kid, I didn't think of, the NFL. I didn't know I was going to make it out of high school. You know, my mom being sick and having tongue cancer and not being able to eat solid food ever again. You know, not having a father figure in my life ever. Probably 27 years, only seeing him four times. You know, and you know, different stuff like that is just is things that people don't really get to hear about. You know, especially the last few years been, you know, the media directing and narrating something, some, something else. Uh, you know, it's, it's been kind of overshadowed. So, have an opportunity to tell that story in front of those guys and look their teammates in their eyes and be able to touch them and let them know how, you know, why I am who I am, you know, is definitely impactful. Kevin said he found you in the facility before you were supposed to report watching film and he wasn't expecting to see you there. Do you remember that? And like, why, why were you there watching film when it wasn't even reported yet? Um, I mean, I just, I'm just hungry. I'm just, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm ready to just go out there and just play ball. And, um, you know, I've always been a student at a game, but, you know, when nothing else to do when I'm sitting at home. So all I want to do is just go out there and try to improve. You know, we have so much time and uh, just, you know, free time in the off season. And my mindset was just really just making sure I'm prepared and going out there, like I said before, is pin myself in situations that uh, can come up this season on the field, off the field, and just being able to just go out there and grind. So it was just, when I'm in Cleveland, if I'm not at the house or out eating, I'm at the facility. And those are the three spots that I'm pretty much doing or I'm located. Hey, Deshaun, as Dan mentioned earlier, the running backs are kind of taking a literal beating around the 
you're a quarterback. Do you have sympathy for kind of the situation that they're in right now? Of course. I mean, they, they carry this team. They carry the uh, offense. If you don't have a running game, it's hard to have a passing game. And it's hard to open up the, for the receivers. It's hard to make the game easy for, you know, the quarterback. So, you know, because a lot of teams can play too high shell and, and do different things and try to take away the passing game. So, yeah, of course, I think guys should get paid. I think all those guys should get paid uh, that's, you know, either holding out or waiting for their opportunity. So uh, I think they, you know, deserve the money and they deserve everything that, each person deserves. Uh, I wouldn't even say disappointment. I think it's just more of just making sure he's healthy, making sure he's safe. You know, he's a brother of mine. We signed with the same agent, so I've known uh, Keith for a long time, and I know how good and uh, you know I know his heart. I know how hungry he is to just go come out here and play with us. So it's tough for him to kind of watch from the sidelines, but. Safety comes first and health is first. And um, we, we all here for him. We all been praying for him. We all, you know, going to support him and rock with him. And when his opportunity comes, I know he's going to be ready and, and prepared for that moment. So whatever he's going to do to make sure that he's safe and healthy, it, it comes first. And then football is going to come after that. Deshaun, um, when you talk about where you are personally, how is this the, do you feel like you're in the best spot personally in, in your life? I mean, where would you put that? Yeah, I think, the, I mean, the, I'm, and sorry to cut you off. I think I'm in the best spot of my life. And I think it's just because, you know, I'm older, I'm more wise. Uh, I've experienced different things in different situations. Um, I mean, I think you guys can see it by the way I'm asking the questions. You know, it's just kind of, you know, being able to talk and communicate. You know, last year was in that situation because I wasn't in the right headspace. But being able to have that right headspace, you know, go through different media, uh, you know, tasks and opportunities, go through you know, what the NFL put me through with, you know, the therapy sessions and things like that, you know, I didn't take that lightly. You know, I really cherish those moments and I want to learn, you know. So, um, you know, I thank everyone that was a part of that and being able to, like I said before, have that background and that foundation to support me. It's been great. Have you continued some of that? You know, you mentioned the therapy sessions. Have you tried to kind of continue that, you know, even after, you know, the, the mandate was of course yeah i just I, i've never experienced it before because i thought you know being a young kid and you know things is going you know in the right direction at the time as i th thought um you don't really think you just kind of go to day-to-day -day life but even when you're not going through a situation and things are going great it's always good to be able to talk to someone be able to experience and, and learn different things and uh i feel like i can learn from anybody no matter what part of life or situation or how high up in your profession you are or how low you are. I feel like everyone has a story and has an opportunity that, you know, you can learn from. So when I'm talking to someone, I try to just, if it's a small little nugget, I can just grab it from and, and put it in my life and my situation so I can grow and learn. That's what I want to do. And what would you want people to know about you? You're pretty introspective today. So. Um, know about me? Yeah. Um, I've always been who I am. You know, nothing ever, you know, changed me in a way of just the type of person, the character that I am. You know, I've been able to grow and learn, like I said before, but who I was as a little kid growing up and being able to give back to the city, back to the community and just love people and, and just give out just peace and just great energy. That's that's me. That's Deshaun Watson. And, um, you know, and I know other people have different opinions. That's fine. That's totally fine. But I can't let that dictate who I am as a person. And I want to continue to just show that. and. It's gonna eventually show because I'm a man of, of Christ and I know my Lord and Savior, so I just focus on that and it's gonna to continue to light, it's gonna to come to light. Deshaun, you mentioned about last one year helping in the community and stuff. You have been doing that largely outside of your camp you had uh, over the summer. You've largely done that under the radar with very little fanfare. Um, just how important has that been for you to be able to do things like that without you know, trying to specifically attract attention to yourself? Um, because that's that's what I've always done. Is that's that's just me. So I don't I don't need the media, I don't need people to, you know, necessarily talk about it. I, I don't do it for the glory and things like that. You know, I do it for the kids, I do it for the community, I do it for people at need so they can have those opportunities and smile and, you know, have, you know, things that they probably wish they never or they probably always dreamed of and couldn't get. So I have the opportunity to kind of give that to them. You know, I don't just do it because I'm in a new city. 
things like that. I do it because I love it. And that's just me, my heart, that's my family. And that's how, you know, it helped me get to my situation and when I was a little kid, you know, so being able to grow from that and do that. You know, I don't just do it in Cleveland. I do it in Georgia, back in my hometown. I still do it in Houston. I still got love for the city of Houston and the people there. So still have my home there. So anywhere I can give back and, and be able to inspire people and motivate people, that's my that's my uh, that's my calling. Thanks. Thank you. Up next on From the Podium, enjoy some great insight from running back Nick Chubb discussing the value of running backs in the NFL and more. What's your uh, take on the situation with, with Saquon and really generally the, the, the economic situation with running backs in the NFL right now? Uh, we're definitely in a tough, a tough situation. Um, running backs as a whole, you know, Saquon's a great player, and you can ask anyone around the league or even, even on the Giants how much he means to that team. So it's hard seeing him not get what he deserves. Well, I mean, right now it's just talk. You know, it's really nothing we can do. We're kind of, um, we're kind of handcuffed with the situation. But I mean, I felt what I took from it. Uh, McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Saquon all had a lot of good points. But the biggest thing is that we're the only position that our production hurts us the most. You know, if we go out there and run two thousand yards with so many um, carries, the next year they're gonna say, you know, you're probably worn down. That's the biggest thing that I took from it. It's just, I mean, it's tough. You know, we it hurts us just to go out, to go out there and do good. It hurts us at, at the end of the day. How do you feel about your situation here with this team? You got another year to go after this year? Yeah, I got another year. So, I mean, um, you know, it's easy for me to say it's not a big deal, but, you know, next year it could be me in the same situation. But um, for right now, I do got one more year, but I'm here. I'm all in. I'm, I'm ready to work with my guys. Is there any talk of you and your, your rep working on an extension? Uh, no, I'm focused on just playing right now. In light of everything that's going on, is this something though, that, that's creeping to your mind about what your situation may be next year? I can't say I haven't, but I'm I'm so focused and locked in. You know, it's um, you know, I'm I'm there with those guys too. I understand the situation. I know it can be me one day, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of playing both sides. I'm here for my team, but I'm also understanding the situation that I could be in. Does it make you appreciate the business from? I say it again, sort of. How how difficult is it to separate the business of the game with the actual game itself? Yeah, that's probably the most um. That's probably what I hate most about it now, being in the NFL, just the business side of it. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, I just take the day at a time. I come out here and, you know, when I'm on the field is easy. I'm doing what I love. But off the field, you know, you, got, you, do got, you do got to think about some things, from, you know, for your future. But uh, for me, I'm focused on just coming out here every day and going to work. Um, Does this make you? <laughs> nah, it's fine. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I had to be there, you know. Um, I mean, camp, those guys aren't at camp right now, but you know, I still made time to get on the Zoom and, and listen to what everyone was saying. And I feel like it was important for me to be there because, I mean, we got young guys who, who will be who'll be up next, like um, JT, um, Najee, and J.K. Dobbins. So I feel like it was important for me for them to see my face and to hear my voice there. So it's supporting everyone. What's happening this year, Nick? Does it make you appreciate what the Browns did when you came up for that second contract and all It'll take it. I mean, some guys aren't getting that second time. Yeah. You did get it. yeah, it does. I mean, I, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I, I feel like, you know, the Browns definitely value, value us different. Um, you know, I, I feel good with what we got done, you know, years ago. But, um, and it's not the same for everyone. At the end of the day, we're all, we are all running back, so we all are together. But, you know, you know, it's a tough situation for everyone. Do you feel Kareem's situation is being affected by this trend? Uh. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Kareem about it, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure it is in a way. I mean, it hurts us when guys sign for six million a year. I would say that that hurts a lot, and you know, just as a whole, because if they get one guy to do it, then they're going to push that for someone else. And yeah, it's just in a, we're in, we're in a bind, a tough spot. Is there? I mean, I don't know if this came up. Didn't call or anything. Is there, is there some sort of collective action you guys could take? Is there, you guys uh, I don't think we got that far, but you know, there's a lot of talks. We have a lot of options or so things we can do. But um, as far as right now, you know, we're looking for a call to action. I would say, but you know, I don't think I don't think anything was actually established as far as that aspect. But you know, we're still thinking of things we can do. Nick, do you feel like your value to this offense is still as high as it's ever been? Yeah, I do. Nick, they talk about wearing air on running backs. Do you feel like though? I mean, you, even to go back from college, that you you know, you've never really had. I mean, you've had a workload on you, but not like. 
a big, big workload because, you know, in college you had Sony and here you had Kareem and, and others. Do you feel like, you know, the kind of the tread's still there on the, plenty of tread left on the tires where there hasn't gotten yeah. any yet? I don't feel like that's a. I feel like that's a myth in a way. I think everyone's different. You know, you can't say wear and tear just as a whole of every running back because, I mean, Derrick Henry. He's how many yards has he had, and he's still rolling. I feel good. Um, I think we're on a position that 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 matters. Like, you can see receivers who have hurt, been hurt, and it's never a situation of they're you know been hurt, injury, injury prone or anything. They only say that with running backs, and I don't think that's that's fair for us. Why, why, why do you feel like they, they do it for you guys, but they don't do it for offensive linemen or, 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 or receivers? Because of the, um, you know, because they say we get hit every play and we're more injury injury prone when we're all on the field doing the same thing. But only that applies to us, you know. And I mean, I would say if we're, if we're taking the most risk and doing the most, then we should be valued more. Yeah. Have you gotten positive feedback from, from other teammates, not necessarily running backs in those situations? Um, I, yeah, I feel like everyone can say that we're definitely um, we work harder than what we're valued. I mean, any, anyone would tell you that. Um, I mean, some guys in the meeting yesterday said if you uh, like a team scout, let's say Monday we're playing a different team in um, the team meeting, the head coach is going to bring up their running back. You know, the first person they'll bring up is how good is their running back? How can we stop them? And and that's just that's every team. I mean, I feel like every team their running back is that gets the team going. You know, we we um cowbell. When we need something big, make a big play or a big run, you know, everybody's gonna look to the running back. Nick, it sounds like you're gonna do more out of the shotgun than that. But how's your feeling about that? I'm ready for whatever. You know, whatever we can do uh, to help this team win games, I'm all in. Does it make a difference for you as a running back? It does not make a difference, no. Well, I'm just curious, how are you able to win? Because some, I've heard some running backs like the, the under center we all have preference. I mean, under center, you, you, you're you farther back, so you have more time, more, you'd be more patient with the ball, but. I mean, I'm able to switch it up to whatever we need to do. Nick, are you concerned, you know, this this trend now that's happening with the running back, the trickle down to, you know, you, not just rookies and younger players in the pros, but all the way down to, you know, the grassroots level. I mean, <clears throat> the impact it had for kids who maybe want to play the position yeah. and, and, and debate whether they should. I mean, the stuff, man, what do you tell them? You know, you're going to go out there because running backs are usually the strongest guy on the team. They usually are all hard workers. So what are you going to tell a kid that wants to be a running back? I mean, work hard and do all these things for to not get as much as your teammate who's not doing the same things as you. Um, I mean, it's tough, but I don't think I hope it doesn't come to that. I think I think we will find a solution. How, if at all, do you think your role is going to change as this offense evolves in Deshaun's second season? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, hopefully it'll be the same. You know, be able to run the ball and pass the ball both in balance. Uh, I, whatever he wants to do would be his cause. I mean, it don't even got to be football. Whatever he's doing, I'm going to be supportive of him. <laughs> I'm so far from having a kid. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Every offseason, you kind of gear your personal training to get to this point. Are you pleased about the way you came in last week? Yeah, I'm pleased. I feel good. You know, um, I did I did everything I wanted to do in the offseason, so I feel like I'm good where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I did. Nah, I don't. Yeah, it does. It does. I'm glad to know you're made the number one running back in Madden. What that mean to you? Is that cool to see? It's definitely cool to see. I mean, as a kid, everyone plays Madden, and it's it's cool to actually be in the game for one. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's special. Yeah, everyone played Madden. Nick, the thoughts of you could be next or how many years you have left, is this new thoughts to you or is this something that's, that's like What is? Like the thought of you could be next um, or just in general, how many years you might have left to be on top of your Is this stuff you've just recently started thinking about? No, nah, I haven't thought about it. You know, um, every off season I go in and do the same thing, hit the same numbers, uh, hit the same time. So, you know, I feel good where I'm at. Yeah, it was perfect timing for me um, and my team. Of course, we um, we got it done at the right time, I guess, because you know now it's kind of in shambles. But uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we we're able to get it done. Have you seen Jerome? Have you seen Jerome 
looked so far since you know, he does move back to Jerome looks good. Um, he's fast. He's very fast. He's smooth. Um, he can do anything you ask him to do. He's a special player. Did you see? Did you notice a, a big difference in him in, in any way? He's more mature. I would say that he understands the the, um, <clears throat> the playbook. Understands what his role is and what he needs to do. And just overall, he, he's matured a lot, a lot more. We wrap up today's From the Podium podcast with Browns GM Andrew Barry discussing all of the team's moves this past offseason and what he's excited about as the team begins the 2023 campaign. How are we doing? All right. All right. You guys ready to go? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, all right. So we're super excited to be here at the Greenbrier to start our preparation for the 2023 season in earnest with training camp. Um, you know, being here is just a phenomenal opportunity. I mean, I, you all can see how beautiful it is out here. It's my first time, but it's it's been it's been awesome. And uh, I actually want to start off with a couple of thank yous because uh, I don't think people realize how hard it is to move your entire football operations to a remote location here, obviously in West Virginia. Uh, starts with you know Phil Dangerfield, Abir Shadri, Chavis Cook for handling everything logistics related. Um, our equipment group led by Brad Mellon, our video crew led by Rob Pavlis, um, and what we think is the best grounds crew in the NFL. They all did a great job of making sure the setup here is exactly what we need. Um, we looked at the Greenbrier as a unique opportunity for us coming back early for the Hall of Fame game um, to do a couple things. Um, number one, really just focus on the work, you know, in a, a very, you know, isolated environment and also give us some extra time to just come together and bond and gel as a team. Um, I want to commend the coaching staff. Uh, I thought they did a great job of laying the foundation for our um, organization this spring, and we're looking forward to building upon that over the next several weeks in training camp. So with that, I'll open it up for uh, questions. Andrew, after the uh, win for the roster, uh, why haven't you seen uh, the add of the offensive Yeah, so Tony, I think one of the big, uh, you know, parts for, or one of the big things that we do early in training camp um, is really just assess the roster. We haven't seen a lot of our players in pads in a new defensive system. Um, we do like a number of the individuals that, um, you know, we have in that room currently. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's unfortunate we're moving on from, from Perrin after a year, but um, he, like a number of players on our roster, were, you know, really competing for, competing for a role, competing for a roster spot. So we like the mix of players that we have. Um, across all positions. We'll, we'll see how we feel as we come to the middle of camp and then reassess the roster from there. Andrew, how, did, how disappointing was it that Perry wasn't able to make it to year two after you know, being a draft pick? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say it's 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 probably less to do with you know draft pick or non-draft pick, but the fact that you you, you ultimately want um, you know, any player that you bring into the organization to you know, maximize their ability, maximize their time with the team. Um, you realize that that's not always going to happen, and, and ultimately it's about putting the team first and making sure that you have guys that like him. Any regret about not cutting him after the April incident? Uh, you know, honestly, like we take every situation, um, you know, individually and, and work from it from there. You know, we thought the proper time to move move on was, you know, I guess, you know, last week right before camp and kind of leave it at that. Is, yeah. that, is that like an opportunity to take a minute to sort of reevaluate the process of, you know, drafting him and then of course you have the issues last year with some of the suspensions and the off-field stuff. You kind of reevaluate anything? You know, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, Dan. I think, you know, anytime you bring an individual into the organization, it's about understanding, um, you know, the risk that that may entail, whether it may be on-field, off-field injury, you know, so on and so forth, and then trying to provide an environment that allows them to be successful like they may have been um, either at their previous stop or you're in college. You're not always able to, 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 to replicate that. You're not always able to do that successfully, but, um, to me, it's a little bit about knowing what you're bringing in and how to support them. I, I ask this not because Devon Jones didn't practice today, but are you comfortable with the backup? Uh, yes, but probably to the uh, uh, question earlier about defensive tackle. Um, oftentimes when you put the team together in the spring, you you have an idea of how you assume it's going to play out. It never goes, it never goes you know, perfectly. And training camp, whether it's through performance or injuries, that's a, um, a big time of the calendar for us to evaluate the team. But but we do feel good about our tackle depth as we go. Andrew, go ahead. I was going to just say, honestly, when, uh, you know, when did you really kind of know that this was going to be an issue coming into the season? Yeah, first and foremost, um, you know, with Marquise, our priority is making sure that yeah, he's safe and healthy. Um, I, from my perspective, I feel like 
we are very thankful that he spoke up. Um, you know, at, at the time that it really, you know, popped up, as you mentioned, like kind of spring, you know, right, you know, right at the end of mini camp, um, it could have been very, very easy for him to go on break, travel with his family. And it's something that was an unknown, you know, would have been an unknown that, um, you know, hopefully would not have, would not have caused more complications in the future. So we're just thankful that he said something um, and we were able to get him the, uh, you know, kind of on the treatment plan to, to get back on track. You know, obviously, there's not a, uh, you know, a definitive timetable where, you know, hopeful that, that we can get him back. But our, our primary concern is just his health and safety. Was there anything in the physical or anything that you looked at requiring? No, not, that, it's, it's not, so it's, well, without going into it, it's not typically, it's not the type of thing that you would find in that type of exam. Yeah, I think, um, and as you look at our sport, um, you know, it, it has changed from, let's call it the, the 80s um, and, and the 90s, where, you know, at that point, um, you know, a lot of offenses were, um, you know, built on, you know, maybe a, 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 a bell cow, you know, a bell cow runner. I think now unequivocally the, you know, the central protagonist in our sport is the quarterback. And as a result, um, you know, positions that are the quarterback plus positions that are tied to the passing game, um, the, the market has dictated that those values have shifted because of their, because of their impact on uh, their impact on winning. And I think you see that, you know, you see that um, you know, over time as like, you know, the game changes, the game evolves. Now, that being said, um, the rarest thing that you can find is a difference maker, regardless of position, regardless of like your, your organizational philosophy. And, um, you know, now we have, uh, you know, a defensive tackle that's making north of 30 million. We have a guard that's making north of 20 million. You have off the ball linebackers that are making, you know, making 20 million because there are players that break the mold. And for us, you know, when we made our decision at running back, you know, we felt like we had a superstar at the position who embodied everything that, you know, we wanted within the organization. So um, we didn't overthink it. You know, it's, it's, it's Nick Chubb, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, for us, uh, it was a pretty straightforward decision because those difference makers are hard to find. Andrew, Andrew, they talk about wear and tear with running backs, but Nick was saying, he sort of thinks it's a myth because, you know, other positions, you know, deal with the same wear and tear. How do you sort of respond to that, you know, that, that kind of assertion from him is that why are we held to a different standard in terms of wear and tear compared to the receiver or an offensive lineman? Yeah, I, I think that the profiles for positions across the board, like, you know, all positions aren't created equal. There's durability. He's right. There's durability risk for, um, you know, for any player that a team is thinking about signing to a second or a third deal. Um, some positions are, you know, more at risk for injury than others. But I think probably more importantly, it's 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 about the individual. Um, it's about the individual and, and making sure not to lose sight of that. Is it a show of solidarity that Nick was on that Zoom call yesterday? Pretty interesting today where he stepped in front of us and said, I could be next. Mm -hmm. does, does he have anything to worry about? <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb, I would say this, Nick Chubb is um, the type of player and person that you hope is with the organization as long as possible. So. Andrew, going back to the, the wear and tear with Nick, I, I mean, do you feel like that is, I mean, because it seemed like even back in Georgia, he wasn't the one, the, num the only guy, the other guy. And then with Kareem and others, this has been an approach. Do you feel like he's a guy that, you know, the workload has been, managed well you know for him over the over the course of his career yeah I, I think you know nick has shown himself to be um you know durable durable for us um he look i think you all see on social media how you know well he he takes care of his body obviously um and uh he's the he's the consummate professional so um you know we're hopeful that he can he can play as long as possible andrew how do you feel just in general about the season and what are your expectations yeah, so our expectations are, they're always going to be high. Um, and we want to be playing our best football, um, you know, at the, in the later part of the season. But more importantly, like our focus is really on the work. We have a lot of work to do over the course of training camp to get ready for, for the season. Um, and that's, that's really our, that's really our focus right now. You're coming off eight, nine, seven, ten. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, you're focusing on the work. But mm -hmm. in the rearview mirror, mm -hmm. it, it's not just a rough 
I'd say this: we're not really focused on the rearview mirror. We're not looking. We're not looking there. We're forward focused. We like the group of players and coaches that we have here, and uh, we're looking forward to maximizing each day. To learn from that stuff, I guess. Maybe that was a better question. I, I think you learn from every year. I, I probably tell you guys every season. Every year is unique, right? Um, and I have, um, you know, I, I keep a one note, you know, with every with every cycle, every season, and. Every year I review kind of like my end of the season or end of like drafting free agency notes to like draw from those lessons there because you're right, there are things that you that you that you learn or you grow from um, and try and apply those lessons moving forward. Andrew. 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 Yeah, Deshaun. Uh, I, I mean, you heard him speak. He's he's in a uh, he's in a really good place. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a um, you know a big year for him professionally and personally. Um, we think he's in a in, in great shape physically. He's been he's been really good on the field, um, and I love what he's done off the field. Um, so we're excited about him. Um, you know, looking forward to see how the next weeks play out and as we get into the season with our quarterback. What are you excited to see from the, the, the partnership with Kevin? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I th I think it's from from the general manager seat. It's been pretty cool to just see their relationship continue to just just come together. Like um, it's just it's very natural and organic, Jake. And um, I think Kevin, like with Kevin's creativity and Deshaun's like talent and work ethic, um, the things that you know I think we'll be able to do offensively that you know maybe we haven't been able to do before. Um, candidly, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to see. So I know both of them. Um, really, from the spring, have like you know been in the lab, so to speak, um, and you know we're all going to get a chance to see how it how it comes together here at you know starting with training camp, and then um, you know as we as we kind of figure out our identity going into the season. Andrew, how did Schwartz help Miles reach uh, another level? Yeah, yeah, I think you know Jim, his scheme and his system, the defensive line in this system, they're the engine, um, and as he always says, he takes the the seatbelt off of those guys. Um, it's about generating negative plays, forced errors, turnovers, um, and it starts with the D-line, you know, wrecking havoc with a premium on pass rush ability. And that fits Miles to a T. You know, we think we have one of the, we think we have the best, um, you know, pass rusher in the league with, with him. And, um, you know, this is a, uh, a tailor-made, you know, kind of match made in heaven, if you will. Well, I don't think we've talked to you since the Zedarius trade. So what do you think he adds in that mold with, Jim and Miles. Yeah, you, we can never have enough rushers. I think with Z, the appeal with him is is his versatility. He's a high level rusher who, um, you know, I, I think oftentimes people just think of him as an edge guy, but I think really where he's particularly skilled is his ability to rush inside over a guard or, or center. And he, he can do this stuff on the edge really well, but Having someone who can win quickly inside just gives you um, so much versatility to create uh, advantageous matchups um, to rush the passer. So, um, you know, between you know him, you know Oboe with his speed off the edge, uh, we have a couple power guys, you know, with you know with Dalvin and and, and Siaki. Uh, it's a nice it's a nice blend of skill sets to get after the quarterback. Andrew, this doesn't feel like uh, uh, when you look at some of the competition. Feels like it's back end of the roster competition. There aren't any a lot of starting jobs that are up for grabs mm -hmm. type of a, a thing. And, and a lot of the players are competing for some of those remaining roster spots or guys going into their third and fourth year. Just I guess how do you feel about those two classes, the 2020 class and the 2021 class, as far as their ability to have the type of impact that you're looking for them to have and say get deeper in their end? Yeah, we 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 feel good about those groups. I would say this: we feel good about the roster in general. I mean, it remains to be seen um, the competition of like starting spots versus maybe more, um, you know, supporting roles, you know, within the offense or, or defense. Um, but uh, we feel good about the competition that we have across the roster and are looking forward to uh, to guys. Some guys will assume bigger roles. Um, some guys will take another step in their career and. Um, how that all shakes out, that's what the next several weeks are Andrew, for. is Amari okay? Yeah, so uh, Amari, 
minor tweak. Um, it will be a day-to-day thing. We're not we're not overly concerned. Yeah. I won't go into the details of where it's not tied to a surgery or anything like that. We're not we're not worried about it. One more position group. I want to ask you about any concerns about your running back beyond the first two. Yeah, I think you know anytime you know, Kareem was here for. I guess about three years, four years. Um, anytime you move on from a bet, it gives some other players a chance to step up. Um, you know, we feel really good about Jerome. He had a, a, a very strong, strong spring, particularly in his pass protection ability, the, men- the mental side of it. Um, a big reason that we we drafted him in um, 22 was uh, you know because of his ability as like a receiver, uh, and we think that he'll be able to play that role really well. Uh, but you know, behind Nick and, and Jerome, there you know, there's there's going to be some competition, Tony, and um, it remains to be seen who can you know who can uh, emerge for that for that third running back spot. Um, but again, that's what training pit camp is going to be for. How much does the change in the kickoff return rules? It, it just it feels like the league's just trying to eliminate that altogether. So when you have a, a combo player that's a receiver return, mm-hmm. how much does the rule change? impact your calculus when you're thinking not only the numbers game, but the position, but the players? Yeah, that's, it's a great question. It, it certainly, um, you know, uh, makes a higher bar for how productive that returner is to, to have the player on the roster just, you know, just for that value, because you're right. Um, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a strong returner and, you know, you could just fair catch it all the time and probably get adequate starting you know, field position. Um, but, you know, that's something, honestly, like throughout Bubba's history, he's always done a nice job when he's had um, a good returner of creating like a, you know, a top of class return game. So it's something that we will still value, but it, from a roster building standpoint, uh, I would be lying if, say, if I said it didn't give more, you know, more flexibility in terms of building the ring. Okay. So did you just, a couple more? Or did you just see what Elijah Moore can do in this offense and how he fits? Yeah, very much so. I think, um, you know, Elijah has a skill set that we were looking for. Um, his versatility, his work ethic, his rapport with the quarterback so far. Um, you know, we, we like what we've seen to date. Um, we just want him to keep stacking together really good days. Andrew, you mentioned Zadarius's versatility. Does that maybe alleviate some of the concern about bringing in another defensive tackle because you know he can he can slide inside on on, on several occasions? I think um, certainly how we envision deploying Zadarius. Certainly how we also just like. Um, you know, the way we play the front is going to be a little bit different than maybe what we've seen uh, you know, seen in the past. Um, it just gives us a lot of flexibility. But I think maybe the primary thing is we like the guys in the room, you know, currently. Um, again, we'll assess that as we go over the, over the, over the next couple of weeks. But um, there are a number of veterans and younger players in that room that, that we're looking forward to seeing, um, you know, potentially flourish in gym system. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like we we take pride in um, supporting our players, like organization. Not just say how you know how good can they be on the field, or you know how are they physically, but um, in terms of the social, emotional, leadership development as well. Um, and we want to make sure and we we do provide resources to our guys in that regard. You know, fortunately, we have a um, you know really hungry locker room with guys that are looking for self improvement, and we feel fortunate in that regard. Also, like your Jace. <laughs> is there a couple when you look at the roster changes made from here? There's a couple things that emerged that you were uh, thinking about. Yeah, in terms of like the off season. Yeah, the off season. No, words, you brought in these new guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are a couple things about the, what you were doing. Yeah, so you know we, um, you know, one of the things that we we really wanted to do going into the off season was um, refortify the the trenches um, and and probably really specifically. You know, O-line depth and on the you know on the defense side of the ball, add as many rushes as we can, and then you know really continue to surround our quarterback, you know, our quarterback with um, you know with weapons, with, which which you know with Elijah being the, the primary person there, but um, guys like Marquis, Cedric, um, Jordan, you know you know as well. So that was probably um, you know the primary go- goals in the uh, the off season, um, but as well as like bringing our team together, just because we're going to you know we're going to face the inevitable. Throughout the season, and we want to make sure we can navigate. But sure, talking about the defensive line being the engine, they put more money now on the defensive line than mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Connection. 
I, I would say yes and no. Like, um, yes, from the perspective that, um, you know, it was a position group that we were going to have to turn over at some point. Um, you know, we've always, like, we've always actually devoted a fair amount of resources to end, whether it was, you know, OV in 2020, you know, Clowney in 2021, and, you know, then Clowney again in 2022. Um, you know, and then defensive tackle, we typically had guys like on, either on rookie contracts or at, you know, at lower expenditures. But, you know, we were just so young there last year. And, you know, obviously our focus was on the quarterback and, you know, the receiver and that cycle of roster building where, um, you know, this year we can kind of get back to the trenches on the defense side of the ball. I always tell Nick, I saw whenever that comes out, I, I shoot him a text. I'm like, Nick, this is always my favorite uh, you know, social media clip of the offseason and the most anxiety producing one as well. So um, it's he's a he's a freaking nature. It's <laughs> good. All right. Thank you, guys. That's today's from the podium podcast. You can like and subscribe today to the Cleveland Browns Daily and more podcast to find from the podium. Be sure to check out all of the Browns social media platforms, clevelandbrowns.com and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Browns for the latest news and practice recaps from the Greenbrier in West Virginia. We'll talk to you on Monday. I'm Jason Gibbs thanking you for listening to the Browns from the podium podcast.